The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to Georgia's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan, I guess, because, you know, we're still in first place. Spring training was one more week of it. You know, a week from now, our next episode will be season preview. Like, official here, you know, this is it. Season's going to start. We're going to see real baseball games that matter. The next episode will air on opening day eve. We are almost through the 75-week slog of spring training that has been the longest spring training of my life. Yeah. I mean, it's been – I think it's just because we didn't have as much like baseball last year. It's been so long since we've been to the stadium that it just feels like it's all just been spring training. The last year has been spring training. But it's also like what you said last week with the trip. We usually go down March 10th, March 15th, and that really breaks up spring training. You have your pre-trip spring training, your post-trip spring training. And this year, we didn't do that, so it's gone on even longer. These games aren't televised. We played the Phillies last Friday night. We live in Philly. Couldn't watch it. We played the Phillies last night, Monday night. <laughs> what were options last night? The Flyers and motocross? Yeah, I looked. I was like, oh, maybe it'll be on in Philly. The Flyers were on, and then it was a dirt bike race on the other NBC Philly channel. So just absolutely frustrating, especially when it's a night game. You know, if the day game isn't televised, like whatever, I'm working. But when it's a 630 game, you're like, oh, I could actually watch this one. It's like, God damn it. If you don't have to televise it, you just don't have to play it. It's not important. Exactly. It's an injury risk and I can't watch. Like, there's no reason for anyone to be there at all. There's not one uh, my yet My Yes Network rant last week. I did have some people, even people who I didn't even know listen to the podcast, were like, I listen to that. That's really smart. Like, that's what they should be doing. The Yes Network is fucking stupid. Oh, that's obvious. Yeah, there, yeah. We, we definitely got feedback there just because that, that that's a disaster. One place we want to be is opening day. Don't have tickets yet. 
We don't have tickets. Last week, obviously, Cuomo announced 20% for opening day. That's 10,800 fans for those doing the math at home. And getting opening day tickets through the Yankees has been a disaster. So I I think I can kind of speak from the common fan perspective here. I have a nine-game plan, right? Standard nine-game plan. I'm not a big shot. I get nine games. I go to a couple of them. I'll donate a couple, usually to charity, and I do it so that I can get on the playoff list, essentially, is why I have this. So wait, as never, I've never been a... a package holder i've yep. never had them from uh from the yankees or from anyone um so let me ask a couple questions just because i i think a majority of people probably just buy a ticket when they want to go to a game they don't yes. have a package mm-hmm. so you have for a couple of years you get a nine game package do you get to pick the games no they're nine dog shit games orioles wednesday blue jays thursday it's all weekday and i usually only go to one or two of so them. living in philly you buy a nine-game package. You go to a game or two with like your your pop probably, um, and then you donate the rest because they make it very easy to donate. And they're like twenty bucks a ticket or something, right? So you're not breaking the bank. Exactly. It's like three hundred dollars for the whole thing. Okay, so you're yeah. donating probably you know two hundred dollars, something like that, just so when the playoffs come around, you can buy tickets to any game. Right? Yes, I get the pre-sale. Okay. So it bumps me ahead of everybody that doesn't have a plan. So obviously, you know, the 81 game people, they go first, then the 41, then the 20, all the way down to me who I have nine. So you buy nine tickets for the opportunity to buy 10 tickets in the playoffs. Exactly. Okay. So, but I'm just saying just so, and this is probably just good information for people. You could literally say, I want every home game for the playoffs in my seats or, you know, or comparable seats and, that's it. You're good. Not for me. I, it just gets me a pre-sale. Yeah, but I'm saying, but wouldn't you in that like you could buy tickets to every home game if there's if there's seats left. So like yes. the 81 get yeah if there's seats left yeah I get to go before the general public basically is how how it works. If you don't have a plan, they classify you as general public. They classify me as a season ticket licensee, quote unquote, even though I only have nine games. Yeah. It's kind of a joke. But you're basically paying $300 to get access to the presale. Did you pay, did you pay last year? Like had you already paid last year and then this year they just rolled it over. So I haven't paid anything this year. Okay. But you have a nine game plan. I have a nine game plan. But you don't, do you know what games at this point? I don't. Uh, and I got an email. Okay. So obviously after they do – they announce this 10,000 seat thing, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I, I should have some sort of shot of getting opening day tickets through the Yankees because I have a nine-game plan. You know, this is why I have – At least a conversation. Yes, a conversation. And I get an email basically saying if you, that if you want to go to opening day, you have to commit to all 81 games. All right. Okay. Ridiculous. So I'm not – all right, that's out. Then they have these four 20-game pod plans where you can buy a 20-game package. None of these 20-game pod plans include opening day. I would probably buy one of them if I could get opening day with it. I would probably commit to 20 games, even though I wouldn't go to 20, even though it makes no sense. If you would guarantee me opening day tickets, I'll buy the 20-game package. But to try and get me to buy a 20-game package, and you're not even going to include opening day, it's like you're making this so impossible that I'm just going to go on StubHub. Like, it's ridiculous. So... You're, I mean, I think people who've listened to this show, especially the last couple uh, weeks, know you're a different, you're a different cat. You're antsy yeah. as shit to get these tickets. So you've been looking, I mean, you've brought up StubHub to me for a couple weeks. I know a guy 
who's like, he was like, yeah, I bought tickets on StubHub. But like, are they real? That's the thing I keep coming back to is like, are they real? Because if they just announced yesterday, you know, if they on Monday said how many tickets, how many people it's going to be or Friday or whatever it was that they said it, I mean, tickets have been on StubHub for weeks. And my experience, I haven't sold a lot of tickets, is you have to put in a barcode number. So, like, I just – I don't yeah. know – I don't get with – I don't understand what's going on really with StubHub. <laughs> no, dude. It's crazy. So that's a great question. So that was why I made a call today and I called StubHub customer service and I said the Yankees have designated 10,800 seats or whatever. You know, are the, And I basically said, are the tickets that you guys are posting, do they come from this pool of 10,800 seats? Because I don't want to go on there and spend $500 or whatever for two tickets and then say, oh, these seats aren't available, but here's one of your slapdick credits. And she said – that they were all that they were all legitimate seats, and I kind of self verified that by by going through the listings, and they were all in sections of two or four. Like you know, how sometimes in the past you'd see one ticket on StubHub or up to twelve tickets. Well, that's what like I randomly, had seen. And there was none of that. I think the last time I checked, there were people offering one ticket, and that's why I, I was didn't like, see this any of that today. So I don't know if you. Yeah, I've been checking like today and yesterday, and it's all two and four. I mean, I don't have anything in writing from StubHub, but. Hearing it verbally from one of their reps was good enough for me to take a shot. And now when you go to opening day, before you can even select a seat, it says, notice you must have a negative test or a vaccination. So I think it was updated within the past couple of days. Huh. Yeah, I mean, so I think the uh, ooh, tickets are down to $250 to get in mm-hmm. the door. Yeah. So maybe like now it's getting a little real. 250 bucks, upper deck. Two tickets. $253, you get four tickets in uh, Section 231. That's not bad. That's a steal of the day right now, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, actually really good. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the market shifts over the next, like, two weeks because – so, oh, it also says on there, required for entry, a negative PCR or rapid antigen COVID-19 test taken within 72 hours of the game day. With a matching government ID or proof of vaccination. So that's a thing that one, people may not love it, but I understand it. Yeah, you get the test, you gotta have, you know, it's a risk to be open in at all for fans. So like they're asking this. And that's a thing that I think, and so some people have said like, it's crazy that they would do that. It's crazy, you know, like, they're Cuomo's, uh, you know, a science guy, but like the science doesn't add up for this. I mean, one thing people aren't factoring in is that in New York City, the Bronx was the hardest hit with COVID. So I think, hey, maybe we don't want to flood that with like fifty thousand people day one. I, which I, I get. Yeah. But when you think of Yankee fans, right? There are, like, do you, so your fiance is fully vaccinated, right? She is fully vaccinated and she has put in that day for PTO. So she is, she is in. Okay. You are halfway. You, will you have your second shot by the first? Second shot is Thursday, the 25th. So tomorrow, if you're listening to this. So I'll be a week into the second shot by opening day. Okay. But I, I don't think if you get, I don't think you get to the gate and they go, ah, it's only been a week, not two weeks. I think you have oh my a, God, that was- <laughs> you have a card that says, you know, hey, I've got two shots. You're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
one, getting the vaccine is obviously a barrier to entry for a lot of people because right now you're either the shots are flowing and, you know, it feels like the, the vaccine fairies throwing them out at people or you are like, I can't get my 75 year old parents a vaccine. Like it's very hit or miss. Go to, uh, findashot.org. It's been helping people find shots, get vaccinated. The government's not trying to, uh, weaponize you because you're fucking useless anyway. Um, but I think, so getting a test, I don't know if it's as available as it was like at the peak. I, I just don't know the testing. Um, and now I don't know the rapid antigen, PCR. I don't know the difference between those tests or whatever. But I would imagine that going to a – like if you go to a free place to get your test, they may get back to you in 72 hours. I've gotten tested once at like a free thing and I feel like it took like four days or what – you know, to four or five days to hear back. Um. And like weekends don't count. So it's like if you go on – so you have to do it within 72 hours. So that's Tuesday, right? Or Monday. Monday at 1 o'clock. Now, will they turn that around in time? I don't know. But if you go somewhere, you can pay for a test. It costs you like 100 bucks. They'll turn it around in that time. So now for a couple, you've added $200 to that. And so – I know it sounds bad to say it because it probably is, but I'm hoping that keeps people away and creates opportunity for us. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And for me, when I've gotten rapid tests, it's $75 and you find out within 15 minutes. So it's really quick. Like for me, I wouldn't be able to time the three-day PCR test. Like that would be too stressful for me. If it was me, I would set up a, a rapid test for the Wednesday before, the day before, get it, and bring it on Thursday. I think trying to time the 72-hour thing would be too hard. Oh, so with the okay, so I guess I just ignored what the word rapid meant. Yeah, when I PCR was is the three to four day rapid. You get it same day. But isn't the rapid one like and I, uh, you know people are gonna be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Isn't that the one where people are like, ah, it gives more false positives? Yes, it's not as it's not as accurate as the PCR. Ooh, imagine like you pay, you get a false positive. Now oh, you're just my. like, here's another seventy five. Run it again. <laughs> It's like when you walk up to a blackjack uh, roulette table and it's been like five reds in a row and you're like, black, red, spin it again, black, you know, like just go to a different center. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. It's going to make it tough. But at the same time, you know, all the people with the 81 game plans, like I, I don't think that opening day tickets will be available to purchase directly from the Yankees. I think the only way you're getting in if you're a regular fan is on StubHub. Yeah, there are 10,000. I don't know how many regular season ticket holders are there. And so here's my thing. Like, let's say, cause they talk about pods. They're going to sell them in like groups of four or six two or four, two, two or, or four. four. Okay. Yeah. So let's say I'm a season ticket holder and I have two tickets, right? And they're like, Hey, so you've got your two tickets for your 81 game. Like, I guess if you are a season ticket holder, you're a, I guess everyone, even if you've committed to it in the past, you're a prospective season ticket holder because there are some people who will just be like, yeah, I'll take the whatever it is. Was it 20 games? Like, yeah, I don't need the first 20. Like, I'll just lower my cost for this year. But if they get through everyone and there are tickets left that would go to the public, 
you know, general public. I don't know if I'm a guy who's got two tickets and I'm like, well, fuck it. Give me two more for this one game, you know? So I, I wonder if it's going to get to that. And I wonder how many, like, just season ticket holders there are, like 81-game season ticket holders. I don't think 20% of those seats are season ticket holders. You don't think 20% of the – okay. I mean, maybe yeah, corporate. All- maybe corporate. But I don't know. Like, companies, are they – like, so the last company I worked for, and I, I – they had four – we had four tickets in the fourth row, champions – by the ball boy in like all of this, like the world's going on. Now I don't know their finances. I don't work there anymore, but they gave up their office like in New York, like down across street from the Staten Island ferry, no longer have an office there. They're going to have an office somewhere smaller from what I hear. But like if you're doing cost cutting measures, are you getting your season tickets? Probably not. So it'd be interesting. But but even, but think about this. Even if you, if you're a full season ticket holder and you have the opportunity to get these opening day tickets at face value or close to face value, even if you don't want to go to the game, why would you get them and and sell them? Even like whether you're selling them for a profit or you're just, hey, at face. Yankee fans know Yankee fans. Yeah. Like you're not going to lose money. Like there's no way you're saying, ah, it's okay, ticket rep. You, you keep these. Like nobody's doing that. Like if I couldn't go, let's say I had something. You know, there's just no way I can go on the first. And someone was like, hey, Jack, I got these two tickets, four tickets, 20 tickets to opening day at face value. Yes, give me all of them. And I could not put a single one of them. I Like, I wouldn't immediately go to StubHub. I'd go to you. I'd go to Andrew. I'd go to Charlie Wisco. I'd go to, like, all my people. I'd go to Tiana. I'd go to all the Brown Switchers people. Just, hey, here's what it cost me. Do you just want these tickets? You know, I'm just creating opportunity. Um, it's going to be the next week. I feel like it's going to be like a bloodbath of Yankee fans just because I've been, I've been doing the soft, like, Hey, sending a text here and there, keeping up. But like, we're going to get into the like, yo, so what is the fucking deal with these tickets? It reminds me of when you're in college and everybody's looking for weed and nobody has any. And you're just like, what? This whole campus is dry right now. Yeah. Like it's like right before finals or like right after finals. And like, yeah, it's like the entourage episode, but no, that, that's what it, that's what it feels like. Yeah. I thought they were going to hit 25%. And I know like we're talking about what's that? Another, uh, like another 2,500 people, but still. Yeah. That would get us to like 12. 12, 13. The problem is they waited so long to announce this that they don't really have a lot of time to get a plan in order and organize it. They announced it last week. We're a week out from opening day and nobody really still knows what's going on. I think that is kind of feeding into the chaos. Well, Andrew Cuomo has been busy touching, touching people and holding a <laughs> pillow over everyone's grandma's face. You know, he's got other shit going on. And it's wild because yeah, some places so all- Texas is 100%. Like everyone, you know, yes. it's going to be interesting. Will be, the Rangers will be a hundred percent. It's going to be interesting. Orioles are 50. I mean, good luck even hitting that. Um, <laughs> but May 15th, I'll be there. I've been looking at the schedule and here's the thing. This is gonna, I, I mean, it makes me sad. It may make you sad for me, you know, as a Yankee fan empathizing that. So if I don't make it to opening day on that Thursday, I can't go on the Saturday. I've got plans. Sunday is Easter. 
So you lost that first weekend where normally I get to ah. a game. Then it's 635 games, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I can't even hop in the car and like drive up there. And then on the 13th, I'm having shoulder surgery. I'm going to be in a sling for three weeks. I'm not dying to like run up to Yankee Stadium like that weekend on like Percocets. Um, so I may not make it to a Yankee game if I don't make it to opening day until either the seventh, eighth weekend against the Nationals or the following weekend in Baltimore. I may not make it to a Yankee wow, game until so Baltimore May. could be your first. Yeah. yeah, Baltimore could be your first. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, that is sad. Part of the reason I'm willing to pay a premium, not only is it opening day, but it's the only game other than game one of a playoff series where you are guaranteed a cold start. Like any Saturday game <laughs> we buy or Friday game we buy, you don't know who's pitching. This is a guaranteed cold start. That's why it's worth the premium. You're a cold guy. So. Who isn't? Yeah. So that, yeah, that's what's going on with tickets. In terms of, you know, we just mentioned Cole, he dominated on. So Sunday. wait, let me ask you, wait, wait, let Sunday. me, can I ask another yeah. question? Sure, sure. When you, so you get on the phone today. Was it today you talked to your rep? Uh, this was over email with okay. the rep. I was on the phone with StubHub. Okay. So, you know, they, they send you this thing, this generic email they sent to everyone. And you're like, yeah, yeah I'm interested. And, and I'm sure somewhere in your thing, you're like, yeah, I'm interested. I want opening day. Like you make your intentions very clear and they just come back with like, we got these 20 game packages, no opening day. Exactly. And to boot, they don't even give me the pricing for those 20 game packages. Like I'm like, oh, okay. What's the price? Just kind of spitballing. Like, well, it depends on the location. It's fluctuating. We can't guarantee it until it's your time in the lottery. And it's just like, you get to a point where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to StubHub. Like, forget this. You're making this way too hard for me. I don't understand. I know like selling tickets at Yankee stadium has got to be the fucking easiest job in the world. They make no money at all. They make like eight bucks an hour, yeah. A lot of them are – I've interacted with a lot of them. Not the smartest people in the world. Some of them are – the best are the people who become like managers. They all think like they're pretty much the equivalent of like guys running hedge funds. Like they've made it in New York. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, you still go to – Fuck, I don't even remember the bars outside. What's the bar across from right field? Billy Stands. No, not no, not Billy Stands. The other one. The dugout. The dugout, okay. Like, yeah, you still go to the dugout because they have fucking $4 PBRs, right? Like the head of a – some guy climbing up a hedge fund isn't fucking doing it. Yeah, you – Yeah, they're probably making like 40 grand because ma- if the ticket yeah. reps may eight, make eight bucks an hour, how much could their managers make? Yeah, you know, 35, 40. Uh, which is a whole nother conversation being fucked up. But yeah, man, it's a, it's a bitch and we're a week out and it's just very frustrating the way, the way that they do business. Well, and here's the thing. Like, I get it. I get it. You know, there are a lot of people. And so you, you are an irrational Yankee fan and I love that about you. I used to be an irrational Yankee fan. Now I'm just, I'm older. You know, that's all it is. It's just life has kicked me in the teeth more than it's kicked you in the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. There are probably a lot of people who are like, you know, they're not letting the real fans in. Like, this is bullshit, da da da. It's like, will you go in and you try? I'm not saying you, I'm saying people in general. Like, you're looking for the cheapest ticket. Like, 
you will, on a day when we have tickets available for sale, you will go on StubHub to find one $3 cheaper. You will buy the cheapest beers you can. You will buy – you will drink outside the stadium. You will bring in the water from outside. You will try to spend almost no money inside. Those are the people who tend to be like, what the fuck? I know you are like, I will spend $300 to sit in nosebleeds. I will spend $400 on beers and food. <laughs> yep. Like, just let me in. So you get a pass. But there are a lot of people who are going to be outraged. Like, how could they not think about the fans? And it's like, well, they're thinking about their wallets because they're a business. It's MLB.Yankees.com, not .org. And that and that's your line. And, yes, you, you brought up the fans that are just looking for the cheapest ticket possible. And you're right. I'm not that. And if there's a spectrum, I'm probably in the middle. Like, I'm fine if you want to, I don't know, screw me over a little bit. Like like I said, I would buy the 20-game package even though I know I'm getting fucked if it included opening day. But I'm not going to buy – but I'm not going to get fucked and gangbanged at the same time. Like, like there's yeah. got to be a limit here. Spit on it, ticket rep. Spit on it first. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm willing, I understand the game, I understand how it works, and you know, there's a reason that opening day in the playoffs, that that's the premium stuff, you're gonna have to jump through hoops, but I, I don't think it should be this ridiculous. Like, like right now it's a 10, and I think, I don't know, it should be a 7 or 8. I gotcha. I feel you. I want you to have tickets. Thanks, man. I know you do. It makes the world a better place when you have tickets. <laughs> and the weather looks great. <laughs> what are you on the fucking farmer's almanac? Yeah, no, next, next to, look. It's oh, are we on that? Oh, are we? Oh, okay. So. It's up on the after at 57 and sunny in the Bronx on Thursday, April 1st. Oh, you're, uh, you're a 10 Jack, day I cover guy. every angle. 10 day every angle, man. Nick over here. <laughs> I love it. Cause I've been there. I don't know. Look, 2018, I don't know if you had opening day tickets. It was Stanton's home opener. It was like a really big one and it got snowed out and I was on the train. To New York when it oh. got snowed out. So I've oh. been there. You were on the train, Nick, when it got snowed out. I came out of the Lincoln Tunnel. I lost radio. <laughs> I was listening to the fan. I lost radio. Came out of the tunnel. It might have been the Holland. It might have been the Holland because I was working all the way downtown, but I lived in Philly. Driving through the snow, da-da-da, all this shit. Come out. Postponed. So I went into How sad of, that was a sad day, dude. I went into that was really sad. the New York office. Worked I was there for maybe three hours and because I my boss also lived down here and uh I was like, We're fucking out of here, drove back. And then the next day I just had the flexibility in my schedule. Like people couldn't. Next thing I know, I went from like how I was lucky to have one seat to just I had four seats in the fourth row to opening day because no one could go. I couldn't go that – yeah, I couldn't go the next day either. And I, that was so I went from day. like I was going with three work people to just like I brought my boys. Like <laughs> it's a very different – like I'm sitting next to the CEO, just a 60-year-old woman who just loves the Yankees, loves Mariano, loves Jeter's butt. It will tell me that too. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, here's me and my boys. Like I don't know. Maybe one of them has cocaine on them. Who knows? <laughs> I was on the train from it was it left 30th Street to go to Trenton. So I wasn't even so I wasn't at Trenton yet, but I got off the train, I don't know, 10 a.m. and I was like, "Well, fuck, I don't want to waste a PTO day." So I ended up coming back into work at like 10 or 11 so I didn't have to burn a day for nothing. Yeah. So I went from going to opening day and seeing Stan to working. It was miserable. <laughs> oh. I, I rolled in in my Yankee hoodie and beanie like straight straight from the train and yeah. just sat down at my cube. That was awful. Ah. Uh. 
That was a rough one. Yeah, I drove back the next day. I was just like, next thing you know, I'm just burning it up with my boy, like, just like trying to get my buddies to go, like, yo, who can just not go to work tomorrow? And it rained the next day too. It wasn't a fun experience. Yeah. I remember it being like very, I remember I spent a lot of time like inside the suite. Okay, that makes sense. Cause yeah, it looked like on TV and they didn't even do the intros, like they didn't line up and do the whole opening day ceremony i heard i heard it was kind of beat in terms of an opening day i don't remember all the details i smoke a lot of weed yeah <laughs> that's fair yeah. uh we've spent a lot of time talking about tickets going to games in terms of the actual team we do have a couple minor updates uh first one looks like herman is going to get the fifth starter job last yeah. week i was banging the drum for that i thought this was a formality if anything he's got a zero era like you had to give it to him yeah i mean he got married too yep you know, I don't know what that – like, that's not an excuse for what happened. Let's just make that clear. But I think uh, – I believe it's the same woman. So my hope is that, you know, she did that free and willing and all that stuff because he has made changes as a person to show his commitment, da-da-da, to her, her family, all of that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's the fifth starter. Like, Gary Garcia is a very good pitcher from what I've seen, but – where and he's going to get opportunities. So interesting video I came across. John Boy, we're allowed to say his name. <laughs> Every podcast I go on, that's not um, like you know, maybe it's a smaller podcast or whatever. They'll ask me if they're like, "So you guys like hate each other?" I'm like, I've met John Boy once. Very nice guy. Jake's a wild time. Jake just wants to do shots. He's got his, his, his stomach out there, but they're super nice guys. I've oh, talked sure. to him online a bunch of times. So he put out and they have a billboard outside the stadium. Good for them. Um, he put out a video that I found interesting saying, I know this isn't going to happen and I agree it's not going to happen, but that the Yankees should start the season with a six man rotation. Now I know Cole does not want that at all. Because Cole is out there to pitch many innings as he can, da 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 da. But the idea being that you go Cole on opening day, then that Saturday you go Kluber, Sunday Tyone, then you go, then you've got three against the Orioles coming to town. So you go Montgomery, Herman. Then Garcia, or if you're trying to limit his innings, because we know we're going to need him later. Um, I forget who else he said. Um, but you know, you literally while I'm telling this, my best friend who lives in London just sent me a Facebook message that is a picture of the John Boy billboard and says John Boy is big time. So thanks for that, <laughs> bud. Thanks for that, Ed. He doesn't even listen to this show. Jesus. Um, I'm happy for them though. Uh, so the idea being, so you do that. So you go Garcia or someone as a six starter, because then we have the, we go to Tampa. So you've got the Rays, And for that weekend series, you would go, uh, Cole, Kluber, Tyone. You're going your best three against your best competition. Then you do the same against the Blue Jays. You're also still in Florida. So that kind of works out nicely where you run those same three guys. And then the next weekend we have Tampa back in New York. So again, you're going Cole, Kluber, Tyone. And by that point, someone's injured anyway. So we're going to be down the five starters as it is. And I 
kind of like I get it. Cole's here to pitch every fifth day. Like I understand that. But I think if you just said like, yeah, we're going six men for these first, you know, 18 days. So like first was 16 games, 15 games. We're going six guys so that we go our best three against those three. I wouldn't have an issue with that at all to have Cole Kluber Tyone twice going against the Rays to start the season because six games against them in April is going to be big. I'm usually against the six-man rotation, but when you have a rotation and 60% of the rotation, Tyone, Kluber, and Herman didn't throw an inning last year. Like, they combined for, I think, one inning. I think Kluber had one. Yeah. Kluber had one. Like, you have to ease these guys in. And even Montgomery, I don't know, what he throw? 30 innings over, over a yeah. shortened season? Like, these guys all need time. None of them are going to get to 150 innings other than Cole. I think this would be the year coming off a 60-game season with three starters that didn't throw a pitch last year. If you were ever going to do a six-man rotation, this is the year to do it. I don't think you do it for the whole season because I think you got to get to like, let's just fucking be a baseball team. But I do, especially to get through those first two race series, because if you pick up, what if you go five and one against the race in April? Like that is fucking huge versus like, if you, you run a risk, like you go four and two against them. Like we have the team level finds its water, water finds its level, whatever. But I'd rather win the games than lose them early on. Oh, for sure. That's, that's just one me. of my pet peeves is when, when we start, when we start shitty and everyone's like, Oh, April, it doesn't matter. Like those games are just as important. Last year, we lost three out of four to the Rays, second weekend of the season, and we just never caught up. We never recovered. They kicked our ass all year. So like, it's very important to set the tone. We play the Rays three more times in May. Like we have in April and May, we play half our games against them. It's a, yeah, it's a weird schedule because I was looking and the only weekend that they're in Tampa is that April 9th, 10th. And then they're, it's, it's weekday. It's a weird, it's a weird schedule for sure. Yeah. When you look at the breakdown. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And we don't, and then we play them again at the beginning of June. Like we play them a lot early. I feel like it it always hits like July, August. No, we play them again in July. What do we just play them 70 times this year? No, you get into the I think dog the days. Red Sox, we don't really play till like we don't play the Red Sox. I think till later. Yeah, we play them more in, in just in like June and July. I think. Yeah, I mean it's uh, I so shout out to John Boy. I think that is uh, I like that idea because I just like yeah, we finish the season October first, second, third against Tampa at home, um, and you don't want it to come down to that. Ideally, yeah, right. Ideally, those games are meaningless. Now, you can't win the division in April, but you can lose it. Yep. Nick just gave me, because we don't have uh, video yet, Nick just gave like a very like priest-like yes. Like when, when the priest says something and he knows – when he's like, peace be with you, and he knows everyone's going to say, and also with you. Like, that's You just give me the – and also with you. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And look, our rotation is healthy. We haven't had any injuries there. One area where we are getting dinged up is the bullpen, right? We had Britain go down about two weeks ago with the bone chips. Uh, Monday night, Justin Wilson is throwing a pitch. He lets out a pitch and he just screams, immediately points to the dugout, immediately comes out, shoulder tightness. You got to think he's going to be out at least a couple of months. It looked like a rotator cuff, like he's fucked. Listen, as a rotator cuff guy, as one of those guys. Also, when I first tore my ACL, it was around the same time Tom Brady and uh, Tiger Woods did it. So I'm already in a – like I'm in this upper echelon of athletes already. <laughs> so um, I 
I want, I can't get upset though because it's March. Like it stinks. There is a little bit of me that says like, oh, well, what are we, you know, everyone's a little too healthy, you know, like I could have, I could have almost lost a starter already and felt more comfortable, you know, like maybe of Garcia, you know, or Herman, like if Herman got hurt, nobody, I don't think anybody would be upset. I'm not saying I hope he no, does. No, you wouldn't hear a peep. Yeah, you wouldn't hear a peep at all. But, you know, I do have that like, I don't know, they've just been a little too healthy. <laughs> and it's, I'm jaded from the past couple of years. We have severe PTSD, and I'm disappointed about Wilson. I'm disappointed about Britain. Yeah. But if you were to tell me on March 24th that we would have all of our lineup regulars healthy and all five starters healthy, I'm signing up for that. 10 times out of 10. Look, last year at this time, all three starting outfielders were down. Yeah. And Severino had just gone down. Paxton wasn't going to pitch. Like, we were fucked at this time last year. And listen, Justin Wilson's a good pitcher. I'm happy to have him and everything. Uh, but when, yeah, you scream like that, point to the dugout. I just assume you're gone for the season. Dude, and how funny is Boone? He's like, yeah, we hope it's nothing too serious. He, could, he couldn't really warm up or throw, but, you know, we hope it's nothing major. It's like, yeah. dude, we, we know he's seriously injured. Yeah, I, like, I've just, I've been reading the like, oh, we'll get the MRI. We won't find the results. It's like, I can tell you right now, it's not good. He didn't stub his toe. Like, and he didn't even pretend to try and stay in. Usually they'll like kind of, and he, he just immediately pointed and was like, I'm coming out. Yeah. So it stinks. It's one of those things that like you kind of have to, Move on from, and now, I mean, because it's always easier when you sign a guy who already knows how to get to the stadium. We know that. The talk is, I, I've seen some scuttlebutt about it, and then I saw Jeff Long, uh, wrote for us for Bronx Pinstripes, um, talked about it. I mean, Dallin Batances may get cut by the Mets, so maybe he's a perfect fit. That's what people are saying. Because he had like a 11 ERA last year and he's a 10 ERA in spring now. And he may legitimately get cut. And people are like, well, the Yankees may maybe pick him up. Him and Robertson, what these people need to understand is we need a lefty reliever, right? Britain, lefty. Wilson, lefty. We need – if we're going to add somebody, it's got to be a lefty reliever because who is it now? Just Chapman and that guy Litledge or – Litledge, I can't even pronounce his name. Do they have any other – I don't think they have any other lefties in the bullpen. So that that's what they need is a lefty reliever. Yeah. It's listen, it's not great the situation in the bullpen, but the starters are healthy and we'll piece it together. It's early in the season. We can't get too upset. We hope for good Britain news. We hope, you know, he said surgery went well. So you early you, June the goal the goal for me for Britain is the Philly series. I think it's like June twelfth. Like yeah. if we can see him in Philly, that'd be sweet. Yeah, and I mean the good thing is he's not a starter. We're not trying there's nothing less than throwing an inning. Like he's not gonna work his way up. We're like, oh, we can use him for a third of an inning, whereas like a starter, it's like we got three innings out of him and you know, is it you know, two and two thirds. Nope, we're gonna get when he's back, he's back. There's no ramp up period after he's back in pinstripes, which is good to say. Got to think with Clark Schmidt, um, you know, being injured, he's supposed to come back, I don't know, mid to late April. Got to think he'll go straight to the bullpen while we have these bullpen guys down to add some depth there. Yeah, you have to. Or did you see Nick Nelson got married in bootcut jeans like a hit? I did. You sent me that picture, yeah. <laughs> he, that picture, if you haven't seen that, Nick Nelson, I couldn't make a comment that, like, I couldn't put a tweet that, like, wouldn't get me in trouble. But he is 
grabbing his now wife's face for this kiss. Like, I don't remember how I kissed my wife when we, I know she said no to tongue. Cause I, I was doing the whole like, uh, wedding singer, like yeah. church, church tongue. It's classy. But her dad married us cause he's a judge. So she was like, I'm not, our tongues are not touching right in front of my dad. And I was like, I think he'd like it. <laughs> um, but he full on both hands on her head. He's in like boot cut jeans, blonde hair, pudgy face. I was like, that's one of our relievers. <laughs> well, maybe it's his time. It is. They're talking about him. Luizga, Lutla. Just the same thing every year. Maybe if these guys can step up, Sessa. It's like, I can't even, can't even have those conversations. I feel like we do this every year. Some of these names. I'm like, I can't believe we're still saying these names. Like, yeah. I can't believe we're still saying Luizga. Dude, he's been here. Sessa's been here for, I think, like five years. Feels like he's he's a 10-year veteran at this point. Yeah. They're all – um oh, man. They're all Vidal Nuno to me. They're all Vidal <laughs> Nuno. <laughs> Nestor Cortez. That's a Vidal Nuno. Yes. There's some of these guys. I'm just like, you're a Vidal Nuno. Have I ever told you my Vidal Nuno story? No. I, all I remember of him is he pitched in like 2014 for us. Yeah. So Vidal Nuno – it had to be about like 2014. When was he on the team? So Vidal Nuno is on the Yankees. I go to a game on a Saturday. They have a doubleheader on Sunday, right? So the Saturday, because I run a scholarship fund in New York, we do like a tailgate. So we've got maybe like a hundred people, a tailgate, tickets to the game. In I, one of the parking garages? Yeah, in one of the, deck. okay. Cool. Yeah, in one of the lots. So, um, we, you know, we have the tailgate. I've got some friends from college. I got, you know, some girls who like to party. You know, we're all having a good time. Um, we go to the game. We leave. I'm hanging out with like my college friends at Billy's after the game. And I look over and so, I mean, I assume everyone here has been to Billy's. So you go in the front door of Billy's. On the left, there's a bar. Across from you is the main bar. At the end of that main bar, like kind of in between where you would funnel to go to the bathrooms, there's normally like a like a speaker there, like a big like speaker. Um and people are just hanging out. Everyone's just doing their thing. Billy's packed. It's a Saturday. I think we just won. Whatever. I look over and there is Vidal Nuno <laughs> eating a buffalo chicken wrap <laughs> off the top of this speaker. Now, this is Vidal Nuno, who a mere hour ago was wearing pinstripes, sitting in the dugout at Yankee Stadium. And in between, he went through the clubhouse where they have catered food. But he's eating the Buffalo Chicken Wrap at Billy's off a speaker. Instead of going to yeah, instead of going to a catered meal or a nice restaurant in New York City, he's like me and you. He's like, you know what? I'm going to Billy's after the game. I don't eat at Billy's, so <laughs> I go up to him and I do what I do whenever I see a famous person, and I just go, "You from Del Nuno?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I introduced myself. I'm with Barstool at the time, so it's you know it's it's something. I think I took a picture with him. Um, next thing I know. Now I'm just hanging out with Vidal Nuno. <laughs> now I'm just drinking beers in Billy's with Vidal Nuno. When I say no one, I want to be very clear that literally not a single person interrupted my time 
with Vidal Nuno because they recognized him. Yeah, probably nobody knew who. who no one knew who he was. Yeah. He ends up banging one of my friends. <laughs> but here's the best part. He lived in like, you know, they, he lived in a hotel at the time. He goes back to her apartment in Hoboken. <laughs> the next day I hit her up and I'm like, yo, did you bang Vidal Nuno? She's like, yeah, I did. And I'm like, so like what what go, what happened? She goes, listen, I was pretty drunk. I I you know I I don't really remember a ton. Whatever. She goes, but he was getting a lot of phone calls in the morning because he overslept. Oh, <laughs> and was supposed right. to be they back in the stadium. Game, yeah, yeah. They have a doubleheader. He's right. pitching. I'm oh. going. I'm going back <laughs> for the doubleheader. I may have beat him to the stadium. I, I, he had a, he was pitching the, the second. It was him and Tanaka. I believe. Oh, okay, and, yeah. you know, Tanaka had the choice. And Tanaka was like, I'm going to take the day game. It's my regular scheduled day. You're Vidal Nuno. You're a piece of shit. You woke up in Hoboken. You, just, <laughs> you smell like buffalo chicken wrap and pussy. <laughs> so that's my Vidal Nuno story. Dude, that's hilarious. Since you told a story about meeting a pitcher at a bar, I'm going to do the same. Let's do it. It's a Friday night in June of 2017. Uh, after the Yankee game, I decided to go to Morgan's Pier. Anybody that's ever been to Philly during the summer has probably been to Morgan's Pier. It's the most popular summer bar in Philly by a long shot. And I'm at Morgan's Pier. You know, I'm fairly drunk. It's probably 11, 1130. And I see, uh, you know, a husband and a wife and they're wearing Diamondbacks hats and polo sh- like shirts. So I'm like, all right, these guys have to be, have to be somebody. I don't know exactly who, but there aren't just, Middle-aged people sitting at Morgan's Pier Wait, so, decked out in Diamondbacks gear. Oh, okay, okay. So this has nothing to do with the Yankees. Nothing to do with okay. the Yankees. Okay. I was like, where's the Diamondbacks coming to play with the Yankees? Yeah. Here? Gotcha. Okay. But I go and I sit down and I'm just like, you know, you're, you're a Diamondbacks fan. Like kind of like, what are you, what are you doing here? And he was actually like, and he was like, no, actually, you know, we're, we're Yankee fans, but our son pitches for the Diamondbacks. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then I realized the Phillies were playing the Diamondbacks that weekend. So that's why they were in town. And I'm like, who's your son? And they're like, oh, he's Patrick Corbin. I'm like, oh shit, I, I know who Patrick Corbin is. And then we started talking about the Yanks and, you know, we talked about the 2001 World Series a little bit. And then I'm just randomly bullshitting with his parents. And then Pat, Patrick Corbin comes over and the parents are like, hey, Patrick, this is Kirby. Like, he's a big baseball fan because I had introduced myself. And Patrick Corbin's like, oh, you want to do a shot with me? And I'm like, yeah, I want to do a shot with you. So we go, so we go over to the bar. It's pretty crowded, but we kind of, you know, we weasel our way in there, and he orders two shots of Patron, which, like, I'm not a tequila guy at all. You don't I, strike I me as one. I, yeah, I can't really drink it, but I'm like, look, if Patrick Corbin's buying me this shot, I, I have to take it. Yeah. And he hands he hands the bartender a $100 bill, and, like, Patrick Corbin is probably 5'11", 180, wearing a button-down. Like, he just looks like a regular guy at Morgan's Pier. You would never see him in public. Baseball players, he, well, there were no stars in baseball anymore. A-Rod was the last superstar. And he's just a skinny pitcher who's like 5'11", 6 foot. Like, there's a million of those guys walking around. I could around beat the fuck course. out of Patrick Corbin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably could. But, yeah, he hands the bartender a $100 bill, and I guess, I don't know, the shots were probably like $15 each or something. And she kind of looks at us like, oh, are you guys like somebody? And that was really awesome because she, she was looking at us. like, And then we did did two shots, took a quick uh, selfie with him. And the, the hardest part about this story, the sad part, is he told me he wanted to be a Yankee. He was like, I'm going to be a free agent in a year and a half. Like, I'm a bi- I grew up a big Yankee fan. Like, that's definitely where I want to go. So during that whole free agency, 
I had my chest. You had the inside like, track. Yo, he called, I'm like, he told me in person. I got a selfie with him. He told me he wants to be a Yankee. Like, this is done. And then he signs with the Nationals. I'm like, ah, fuck me. But yeah, that's my, that's my story of, of meeting a pitcher at a bar. Listen, let me tell you, your story is missing a buffalo chicken wrap on a <laughs> That's, that's what brings the people to the stories. <laughs> Does. We are, we are all over the place. We will go next to Gary Sanchez, who has been named. The opening day starter. Good. I think you, ha- you had to do this, right? You Good. had to do this. The Yankees are at their best when Gary's playing, hitting, performing. You give him a shot, and if he sucks, you can always go back to Higgy. Yeah, I mean, he's got three home runs, batting a cool 176. But I'm going to give him – I'm going to say that the uh, the 14 strikeouts he has and 34 at-bats – yikes – He's just working on some stuff. That's just, it's just like Cole. He's just working things out. That's what I said. Like, I hope that Gary Sanchez hits 35 home runs and bats 260. Right? Like, that's what I want for him. I hope he can do that. Cause we also don't, I mean, Higgy's back and like, you know, he says he's fine, but like, I don't want it to come down to Higgy, you know? I kind of dealt with maybe Chirinos, but I can't have it come down the Higgy. So, yeah, Gary Sanchez is a starter. Hopefully him and Cole can get a line. Like I said, I, I just keep saying it. Cole is changing this franchise. He's changing this team, and I, I hope it rubs off on him, and I'm happy for him. And I'm happy for you because you were the biggest Gary Sanchez guy in the world, and if your guys can get together, that could be big. It could, and you, we have six months to figure this out, right? It's easier to go f- start with Gary and then go to Higgy if it goes to shit. Yep. It's more awkward to start with Higgy. So I love this move. If it's not working, if Cole has a four ERA with Gary and Gary's not hitting and Cole insists on going back to Higgy, they'll let him go back to Higgy. But you got to at least give this a shot because the Yankees are at their best when Gary is playing and hitting. It comes down to like, I, you know, I try to keep things simple to a certain extent. Gary Sanchez is the Yankees best option. At catcher on opening day. And that's just what it comes down to. Simple enough. Yeah. Don't have to waste any more time on that. One, that's a decision that was made. Another decision that's coming up is Jay Bruce's opt out. So by March 25th, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this, the Yankees have to make a decision basically on whether they're keeping him or they, they can release him unconditionally. Looks like it's coming down to Talkman and him. Who you got? All right. So there's two schools of thought here. Are you thinking about the Yankees for the next four years? Or are you thinking about the Yankees for the next six months? I do not give a flying fuck about the 2022 Yankees. I'm telling you right now, recording this on March 23rd, 2021, I do not care about the 2022 Yankees. I don't care about the 2023 Yankees, 2024 Yankees. I don't care about the 2020 Yankees. I don't care about any of them. I care about the 2021 Yankees. I believe, based on versatility, performance, being a lefty bat off the bench, and the fact that, listen, Luke Voigt is the home run king, but he's hurt a lot. He gets a lot of nagging injuries. He's going to need time, and defensively, kind of a nightmare. Not great, right. Jay Bruce, I don't want Jay Bruce to be our starting first baseman. Let me make that clear. But Jay Bruce gives us the ability to have a, a defensive 
you know, substitution. He can pinch hit. He could play corner outfield spots. When you look at Clint, Aaron, Luke, Giancarlo, you've got righties. I'm giving you a lefty who could spell all of them for a game, who could play any of their positions. And he looks healthy. Is he the best baseball player in the world right now? No, but we're talking about the 26th spot on the roster. I think it's him. I don't think, like, there's the ability to keep Tachman. He's under control for four more years. And people look at, they say, you know, don't look at the 60 games of last year. Look at the 60 games of 2019 between the 4th of July and this date before he tweaked da 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 and he played 48 games and he had comparable stats to Mike Trout during that time. You know who also had comparable stats at that time? Gio Urshela. And then what did Gio Urshela do? Showed up and did it again. Mike Talkman has not. And so when I look at 2021, I go Jay Bruce and I let Mike Talkman go. Because you can fill where, again, like where, because now the, the Talkman argument is, well, when you start looking at Next year, if you still have Talkman under control, now you've replaced Brett Gardner. I can't think a year down the line to replace my 37-year-old fourth outfielder. We might as well hold on to someone to, like, you know, next year they could take Wade's spot. What do, you know? Right, right. <laughs> do people act like Talkman is this huge asset that the Yankees have for the next four years? He's a corner outfielder with no power. During a 48-game stretch. They got him off the street. During a 48-game stretch two years ago, he went five for five on stolen base attempts. Nick, don't you <laughs> care about baseball? I'm such an idiot. You can't give up the four years of control. Bruce makes them better in 2021 yes. than Talkman does. Look, if you didn't re-sign Gardner, I would understand the argument. We need a backup center. It's my fielder, Whatever. This, it's, it's so redundant to have to have Talkman and Gardner on the same roster. It is so incredibly redundant. Yeah. Like, you have five outfielders who can't play anything but outfield. You don't – you have no versatility there. Now you have a lefty bat off the bench – that can hit for power in Yankee Stadium, who looks healthy, who could play first base, who could play the corner outfield spots. I mean, Clint, Clint Frazier, he's not going to be, God forbid, Aaron Hicks gets hurt, then Brett Gardner gets hurt. Clint Frazier could play center field. Or they would, or they could trade for somebody. I yeah, mean, yeah, really you trade, you get to, yeah. Guys get hurt. You and that's what I'm saying. Players. It's like, if, yeah. if those two were fucked anyway. Right. Might as well just put Jay Bruce out there at that point. Who gives a shit? And, when and you, yeah, when you when you factor first base into the equation, if they're not going to carry forward, which I just assume they're not, and they're not going to, and they're going to keep talking over Bruce, you don't have any depth at first. Base. Your depth I mean, is DJ's moving, the backup, but you don't want to play him. I, I don't like playing DJ because now Tyler Wade's playing every day. Exactly. 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 You've the got infield like talking. The only thing that's bad about this podcast is we always agree on everything. On everything Yankees related. It is a waste to have DJ at first. I didn't, I've never liked that. It's stupid. Yes, because now you've got infield Talkman playing second base. Yeah. <laughs> infield Talkman. Yeah. And when I talk yeah, about Wade, he's, Bruce. yeah. And when I talk about Talkman, he's just outfield Wade. 
Yeah, I think it's Bruce. I mean, Derek Dietrich, I like maybe I don't think there's enough buzz for him to end up anywhere. We may be able to keep him on what are we calling it? What is it? The satellite site? The alternate site. The yeah. alternate site. Ooh. That's even worse. Yeah, so well they're on the satellite campus, Penn State Abington. Um like I think he may say. I think Talkman gets picked up eventually like uh, immediately. And we end up trading him. And other – like it's been out there. Other teams are saying like, yeah, no, the Yankees have offered Talkman. They want more than we're willing to give up for him, especially because we think he may become available. If Bruce isn't put on the 40-man, he can opt out or we can offer him an extra hundred grand to stay and take the minor league assignment. But he probably wouldn't because he'll get – like someone will give him a shot too. The problem is like – just understand like, hey, we've got too many good players. You know, which is a good problem to have. Although I like, I want Bruce, but I really don't know what Cashman's going to do. He's always thinking about the long haul. I don't really don't know which way this is going to go. Yeah, but that long haul when you've had no like short term wins, haven't like, even been to the dance, man. We haven't even gotten yeah. to the World Series since '09. It's not like people like to say, "Oh, we're knocking on the door." We're really close every year. They really haven't been that close. No, they've gotten to Game Seven of the ALCS once. Four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. That's a a whole college away. Like if you just showed up to a college campus. Damn, that's sad. If you were a freshman in college and you went from fucking New York to like Michigan or, you know, wherever, and you're just like, fuck yeah, Yankees, we're going to do it. Look at us. We like snuck in here. That's great. But now you're graduating. Right, and you just missed your junior year, and you're probably missing your senior year. You're doing remote learning, <laughs> and you got no World this Series. Get more depressed. That we just haven't been in the World Series. Oh well, the Eagles just signed Joe Flacco, so Blue Hens. Yeah, fellow, fellow that's, your <laughs> that's your guy. That's your guy. It is um, one injury update that does not involve the Yankees. It's George Springer. Uh, strain is oblique. They're calling it a grade two oblique strain. And before everybody goes there, you can't wish injury upon anybody. Look, oh, I can. George Springer. Oh yeah. George Springer is, has a $150 million contract. He has taunted the Yankees for four years. I don't like him. He didn't die. He's fine. I, I like, it's okay to be like pumped about this. George Springer is an asshole who cheated yeah. to steal 2017 from us. He's got straight oblique. I hope he rollerblades into an AIDS bush. Like I don't like I don't give a shit about George Springer. Dude, I'm not wishing wish injury upon I'm not, I'm not wishing injury on him. The injury has happened, and I am not upset. Yeah, he's been a mortal enemy of us, and we play them opening day. You take Springer out of that lineup for the opening day series. Look, opening day just got a little bit easier. He's not leading off. Yeah, I mean, I'll take any. Listen, do I want to beat the best to be the best? In theory, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. Fucking bring Poppy back, dig up Ted Williams's head or defrost <laughs> it, whatever. Yeah, that all sounds fun. I just want to win. I don't care. I don't care how they do it. Give everyone steroids, spend a billion dollars. Like, I don't care. I just want to be the last man standing because it's been too long. I'm and the same way. It this makes it easier. And an oblique could – like we could miss him for two series. Dude, yeah, they're like, oh, he'll be reevaluated in four to five days. Judge missed two months. With it. Like a, a grade two oblique is a big deal. Yeah, but he's not Judge's size, and he probably went to the doctors immediately. 
<laughs> that's saying. fair enough. That, no, that's fair enough. But you always get those people that are like, how could you ever – like it's the worst thing in the world. Um, he's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's going to be okay. I've been cheering for David Price to need Tommy John surgery <laughs> for like 10 years. I still hope he gets it. I hope his arm falls off. You know, like – I, whatever, whatever. Chris Sale got hurt. Great. Had a yeah, drink. Happy, happy he got Tommy John. And to the people that are like, oh, this is bad karma for the Yankees. We already have the bad injury karma. We've already gotten fucked worse than anybody. So injury karma, bring it on. I'm not scared. I don't believe in God. So I don't care what you're saying. I think we're all living in a simulation anyway. Um, all right. Let's talk about you being a weirdo. Can we get to the Nick's a weirdo part yeah, of the yeah, podcast? I've been, ha- part of this I've been having a, I've been having a lot of fun in general on this episode, but let's get into it. So you posted a picture of your hoodie, your Yankees hoodie at the dry cleaners saying you're getting the sleeves taken off this thing. Mm-hmm. And someone tags me and just goes, so many questions. And I say, I've got, I don't even need the questions. I'll just give you the answers. New hoodie for the season. Is this a new hoodie? This is a new hoodie, yeah. So you bought a new hoodie for the season. You're having them remove the sleeves because Aaron Boone does that. Yes. You will not be cold because you run hot. I will not be cold because I run hot. But if it's a little chilly, I would wear a long sleeve dry fit under it like Boone does. Yeah, because who knows? Maybe you'll coach a fucking Little League game on the way there. (laughs) Maybe some travel ball, you psychopath. Um, but yeah, I was like, I don't even need the questions. You're going to ask, what is he doing? It's a new hoodie. He's getting his sleeves taken off because Boone does. No, he won't be cold because he runs hot. So do you do this every year? I do it every year, but you know, what's going to rock your mind is I bought three of those hoodies and I did something different with all three of them. Wait, hold on. So every year you buy a new hoodie for the season. You don't have to get alterations every year. I imagine the sleeves is a new thing. Fairly new. Yeah, it just it just depends on what they're selling. So these were short sleeve hoodies. Okay. That I bought. So I bought so I bought a it's tough for me to buy clothes because I'm five foot five, but not to toot my own order. I'm I'm fairly muscular, so you know, things right. don't always fit me. All right, hard body. Hard yeah, body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just just being honest. So a lot of times, you know, medium is too tight in the chest and arms, but a large is way too long coming down on me because I'm short. So I bought this short sleeve hoodie and a small first. Just to see how it is. And I'm like, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We started off with the medium's too tight, the large is too long. So I went with a small. Mm-hmm. What the fuck Fanatics is that? Fanatics hoodies run, Fanatics hoodies run big. Okay, so the small is a medium. Yeah. The small is a medium. Yes. Okay, okay. Just, I just got pieced together logic because that didn't make sense. Yeah, right yeah, no, there's a lot of moving parts here. I'm glad you're staying with me. I'm so shocked I, I am. The, I buy the small and I'm just going to wear that as a regular short sleeve hoodie. You know, sleeves down to a little bit before the elbow. Yep, as one does. Then I buy a medium and that's the one that I'm going to cut the sleeves. And I'll either wear that as like a looser tank top type hoodie or I will put that over the long sleeve, which is the the patented Boone look. So that's the one that I was getting altered to take the sleeves completely off. Now, look, Andrew Rotondi is like, why don't you just cut it off with scissors? Dude, I want the professional look. Let's leave this to the experts. I got poor fine motor control. You don't want me cutting up a hoodie. I, yeah, I would imagine you cutting off the sleeves of something. It turns into a butcher scene very quick. I mean, me too, me too. I mean, I would have my wife do it probably. Actually, I'd probably send it out, but... um. 
Okay. So now you have just told me about two hoodies, but you said yes. there's three. There's three. And now the large I bought uh, for my dad for Father's Day. Oh, okay. So if you're listening to this, you're sorry, but, you know, that's your Father's Day present. But we always get each other Yankee stuff for gifts. But is product. it the same hoodie? The same hoodie and a large. So you and your dad will be matching at a game at some point this year. Probably, yeah. We have the same we have adorable. styles. Yeah. yeah similar, right. we have similar styles. Yeah. <laughs> you just buy the same shit. <laughs> yeah. Because you have, you both have one interest. Right, right. Well, now, but now I'm covered, right? If I want to wear a regular short sleeve hoodie, I can do it. If I want to wear a sleeveless hoodie, I can do it. If I want to wear a long sleeve under the sleeveless hoodie, I can also do that. So I will be covered for all temperatures, all weather conditions, all season long. Okay, so I kind of, I, I got, I'm with you for April. I'm with you for May. I see how we get into the summer. Now, obviously, it gets into the summer. You're just wearing a t-shirt. You're not going to wear a, a, a no sleeve hoodie with like, now, now, sometimes I will wear the hoodies in the summer because the hood protects my neck from getting sunburned. So the sun also comes into play with my obsession with hoodies. Okay. All right. I wear hoodies a lot because I like to have the hood. It's like an insecurity thing. I don't, it's like a uh, – I like to have the ability to put a hood up. Maybe that's me too. Maybe that's at the root of this. We'd it's have not to do like, like – yeah, oh I just like – I don't know. I just feel more comfortable like with it. Um, yeah, I get it. So now when we get into – when it's October, right? It's mm-hmm. the ALCS. Are you – now like it's cold. It gets cold. It's been a long time since we've been there because of COVID. But it gets cold. Are you just still going like an Under Armour underneath that or will you get maybe a playoff hoodie? That's no, yeah. Sleeves. So if it's if it's cold, if it's like a cold night game, I'll wear a traditional long sleeve like winter hoodie or I do have a Yankees on-field jacket that I'll rock for like big games. Well, like the manager's jacket. Yeah, because that'll motivate them. I got you. Yeah, yeah, I got you. That makes sense. You got to be covered for you got to be covered for all climates. Okay. Now, but but the the reaction of the lady in the dry cleaner is always like they're always so confused when I walk in with this Yankees hoodie. They're they're like, like, I have this brand new hoodie. Tags are on it. Do you do you ask them to dry clean it? You know what? I don't. I guess you're I just should. like, can you just take the sleeves off just this and make it look nice? Just take the sleeves off. And, they're, and then like they, they asked me a couple times to confirm. They're like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, just sleeves off. Just make it look like a tank top with a hood. Like that's what I want. Yeah. And they were just probably like, all right, this guy's a psychopath. Yeah, and it's $18. So I don't know if that's like a good price or – How much the hoodie cost? Uh, maybe like 45 So it's about, about half, half the price. Yeah, you're paying about, paying about 40%. But hey, it's what you want. It's customization. Exactly, and I can pick it up. It's it's not like if you bought like a hundred dollar hoodie, and then you're like, I'm paying eighteen dollars to like whatever. I'm like, why'd you buy a hundred dollar thing if it's not what you want? Right. So yeah, right. I I could see that. I could see that. I've thought about going like sleeveless, like taking the sleeves off some hoodies or buying some sleeveless hoodies that like zip in the middle. But that's mostly um, like for like around the pool. You know, if I ah, throw that uh, on, okay. Randy Orton wears those to the wrestling ring because yeah. I like wrestling because I'm a child. And um, I always thought it was a cool look. I also don't have the same body as him at all. So, you know, it's a little different. Um, You put in our notes here, and I ask no questions beforehand because I don't want to know and I want to react live. I feel like I owe that to the people. You just have something here that says Shamrock Shake Story. And also my wife – was on the edge of her seat last week listening to the show while the phone rang 
at the McDonald's. <laughs> it's a tough story, man. This this is uh this is tough. So we're kind of getting to the end of of green season, and I still haven't gotten a shamrock shake, and I've been bugging Jamie to take me. Now you might be thinking, why don't you just go by yourself and walk to McDonald's? But uh, one of our friends uh, recently got jumped very close to here, and you know, not doing too much walking. Uh, around our neighborhood right now. So I've been – and Jamie's the one you with the You don't live car. in like so a I've terrible pe- neighborhood either. I don't, but just just a lot of crime. Was it – you had like a homeless like, like encampment there for like nine yes. months. Was it a homeless yeah, person that, who that's beat gone. them up? No, but it was three three kids, three high school kids. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the high schoolers in Philly will beat your ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Especially through on so not really able to walk uh, as much right now. So I've basically been pestering Jamie to take me for a shamrock shake, almost as a child would pester their mother to go to McDonald's. It's a similar dynamic. Now, couple questions already. Do yeah, you have yeah. a driver's license? Uh, yes, I just don't have a car. But she has a car. She has a car. So are you asking her to drive you to a McDonald's, or are you just asking for her to protect you on this walk? Do you think some high schoolers would see the two and be like, oh, well, no, Jamie's there. I'm not going to beat them up. Oh, no, no. This is for her to drive. This is to drive. So why don't this you just drive yourself? I, you know what? I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought – I never thought my fiance would let me just take her car to drive to McDonald's to get a yeah, Shamrock never, shake. I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> We're very regimented. It's her car. She drives it. Other things I do. I take out the trash. I'm fucking tearing up. Just uh, the honest. I never thought of that. I thought you were going to tell me you didn't have a driver's license. I thought that's where we were going. Almost. Almost. Dude, you're going you're gonna to love this. So – Finally, on Sunday, I she agrees to to take me after dinner. So Sunday night, I'm like, all right, we're going. This is great. I try to call. What do you have for dinner? McDonald's. What do you have for dinner? Uh, she made beef stew. It was really good, actually. So she's making a nice meal. Beef stew <laughs> takes yeah. a while too. Stew's not you just yeah. Throw it. She was she was working it for yeah. a while. And you're just like you know would you know would top this off nicely. Fucking mint milkshake from McDonald's. So I call, but I'm calling and I can't get through. So I'm like, you know what, babe? We got to take a shot. We got to just go. We get to the Fishtown McDonald's that you're okay. probably very familiar with. And there's Not, like a I know where line. it is. I've never gone there because it's full of junkies. There's like you can't even turn into the drive-thru because the line's so long. And so like – right, So you're so like, Jamie, all right, like, the ice cream machine This is working. where she starts to get irritated. She's like, all right, I guess we'll sit here. And maybe like 30, 35 minutes goes by. Like we were sitting here for a while, man. The line was not moving. And it's like Sunday night. It's like getting to be 8.40, 8.50. Like you can tell she's like – like Jamie's a pretty patient person. But she was getting to be like, all right, is this, let's get to the end of this. We finally get to the drive through window and it's probably like 9 o'clock at this point. It's probably like 50 minutes. We're probably 50 minutes into this trip. And we order a, a Shamrock shake. I forget what she ordered, but like maybe a vanilla shake. And they're just like, yeah, ice cream machine's broken. No shakes. <laughs> So we turn and we just drive right out at a principal. I didn't want to give them business, order anything else. Well, what else did you have? You just, what do you have... get a double cheeseburger? You just had a great beef stew. Exactly. And they didn't have any shakes. And, and so, you know, we just turn around and, and drive home. So we literally wasted over an hour door to door and got nothing. And you, I'm still without a shamrock shake. You rely 
on. I got it. It's probably the shittiest McDonald's like in the world too. Like the Fishtown McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Cause I remember they did a thing for like first responders or whatever at one point. And Jamie, yes, we did. obviously. We went and took advantage of that. So you were like, yeah, yeah we, you know, we went, went. I'm like, why would you go to that one? I just feel like there's a needle in it. Well, I, I brought up going to the one like by Temple North Broad and she didn't want to, she didn't want to go there at night. I feel like that's um, an easier, like just drive too. Also, Port Richmond might be easier if you just keep going. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but man, but the moral of the story is we're still struggling. So when we got, but when we got back, she forced me to make a homemade one with the green milk. She was like, we didn't waste all this time for you to not have one. So we had vanilla ice cream, blender, green milk, whipped cream, and we had home, homemade shamrock. Now, cakes. did she have a homemade one? Or she she just had one. Make she her- was like, this is mediocre. Like, well, you don't get it. <laughs> Nobody gets it, Nick. Nobody gets it. One guy tweeted at us. That's it. One he person loved it. gets it. He loved it. But basically, I've said I don't believe he I've said he loved days. it. Did he say he loved it or are you just filling in the blanks? He said, oh, he said it's actually not bad with an exclamation point. I mean, that's, that's love. If that's not love, I don't know what is. That's a ringing endorsement, man. But no, man, I got seven days. I still have, it's so hard to, to get these, man. It's a battle. I wasted an hour of my time and we'll just have to keep trying. I'm definitely going to give it another shot. I mean, I am, I, you need, like, you need to have. I don't get one in the next week. I'm not getting one until next year. Yeah, this is it. It's the scarcity of it. Can't get these all year round. You can't go in August and get one of these. Well, thank God, thank God you can't. Imagine a mint milkshake in August in the <laughs> August heat. Oh God, I could feel my balls sticking to my leg already from that fucking just humidity and mint. Oh, milk was a bad choice. Oh it's God, we we gotta get you one, man. I feel like. There, honestly, there's a part of me that's like, do I have to get involved here? Like, do I have to come pick you up and drive you around till you get one? <laughs> I feel like my I wife would I could get it delivered, it. but it'd be like $20 with like – and even for me, it's like pretty stupid. But from – like in – for what service? So like if I was going to order a, a Shamrock Shake from Uber Eats, it'd be like, I don't know, 4 bucks for the shake. I tip the guy $5 and there's a $4 service fee. Like am I really – going to pay 18 19 dollars for a milkshake maybe so can i will but can't you at the same time go on uber eats and order it for pickup and then you know where it is because it's there like wherever the uber eats guy is gonna go yeah and you don't even now that i really like you you don't even need jamie you just need to borrow a call either yeah right you don't even need to get closer like i would say I would say put the order in so they confirm like the milkshake because I could see you going and being like, Jamie, I told you this one has it locked. They have it on Uber Eats and then you go in the same thing and they're like, the machine's broken. Because <laughs> now I'm also a little worried about Jamie murdering you. <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> she was, was never not, right. She was not happy when we get that. I think the Sunday night part time yeah, kind of is literally that. the worst. Like the worst. Like, oh, hey, Sunday, you know, I got to, I got to, Dial things back a little bit. I work in a hospital. We're getting out of COVID. No, I'm sitting in the street because the line is so long at McDonald's. I'm at the shittiest McDonald's, and I know where you're talking about. The place at the corner there is a very shitty strip club. 
that like Anissa yes. from yep. MTV The Challenge dances at. Like it's not good. It was a low point for us for sure. <laughs> Dude, I don't have any. We were walking back up to the apartment. She's like, well, at least you'll have something to talk about on your, uh, on your show on Tuesday. I was like, there you go. I wish yeah, Jamie, the, the search I, continues. Listen, I know Jamie doesn't listen to the show. I need you to ask her. I, I might send her a Facebook message and just say, can you please listen okay. to the end of this show where Nick realizes he could drive a car? <laughs> it doesn't need to ruin your life at the same time. <laughs> oh man. Here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna borrow her car. You're gonna go and you're gonna get so distracted with the shamrock shake, like you'll get in an accident on the way home. I think that's a legit fear. crash, yeah. Or somebody'll hit me. It's Philly, dude. You never I mean driving around hit, the city. They'll hit you because they're just like, This guy's having too much fun. I gotta ruin it. Yes. Yeah, gotta ruin his day, man. It's it's a battle. Oh man. Battle. That's it. I'm ending the show on that. We gotta end up, oh man. I like, I can feel it in my chest. That, like, those are real laughs. I, Nick, I love you, man. <laughs> Follow Nick on Twitter. At nkirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. So here we go. We're gonna talk to interns real quick. Right? So, we talked, we're like, oh, we need an intern. Cause we do. We do. We need someone, we need like a third person to be here when we record the show to hear this shit as we're doing it, to be like, oh, that's something to clip, that's something to clip, that's something to clip, and then clip it and put it on social because we just don't have the time or the skill set. So we mentioned that. People have reached out. Anyone who reached out, we're going to reach back out to you directly. If you didn't reach out, that's fine. We're going to tweet on Wednesday morning by... 10 a.m., a link to a Google document. You go, you fill out the Google document, it, uh, this questionnaire. We ask for your name, your email, your Twitter handle. Um, if you're available when we record the show, about 5.30 on Tuesdays normally, because we'd like you to be here most of the time. If there's like, hey, you got something to come up, like this isn't a paying job that like, you know, like, yeah, something comes up, something comes up, but we'd like you to be here most of the time. We'd like you to tell us a little bit about what you've done with audio, video, like that you can fucking do it. If you have any experience, any clips, something you want to show us, like that'd be great. If you want to grab something that we've already recorded, you want to do the, take this fucking whole Nick thing just now and make a clip for it, less than two minutes and 20 seconds because of Twitter limitation. Um, those are all required things that we, you know, need in the form. Then other things are, do you have an idea that you can add to the show? Do you have anything to add? Give that to us. You know, tell us that that'd be great. And then anything else you want to tell us, anything else you want to know, that's fine. What we'll do is we'll kind of see through that. Some people just won't be qualified. Uh, then we'll set up time to like talk to other people. We may do, we're still sorting this out. I kind of want to do a trial by fire. I want to just bring people on and then we take like five minutes into the show to talk to them, see what they do, whatever. We'll figure it out. But, um, the idea is eventually you become kind of a part of the show, you know, almost like you're the producer. You're, you know, hey, we throw to you, whether it's you want to do a stat boy thing and correct us at the end, whatever it may be, you know, that's kind of a layup. You have something to add. You eventually will have your voice on this. We're going to help give you a platform, which is going to be very exciting. You don't have to edit the podcast itself. The podcast itself, someone edits that for us. We have that. This is mostly around the social. 
um, you know, kind of contribution to the show. It, it's helping produce, even like giving us ideas. Here's things to talk about, whatever. But before we get to you having a voice on the show, we need to cover the blocking and tackling of handling the social stuff because if we just go, hey, you're on the show, then you'll be like, I'm a superstar. I totally are doing this other thing. You won't be a superstar. We're not superstars. There's a hazing period for sure. I, I would not call it that. For legal reasons, I would not call it that. <laughs> hey, this, takes, this goes back to our conversation before the show. So I'll just say, it. Nick wanted Nick wanted to put. He was like, I was like, hey, anything I'm missing? He was like, date of birth. Like, let's just see like how old everyone is. And I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, you just can't do that. Like, that puts Bronx Pinstripes in a bad position, us in a bad position because it could seem like ageism or whatever. And he was like, oh, I was just curious. Like, you didn't have any like, I don't want some of this. You're like, I'm just curious. Like, here's a fun thing to ask. And I was like, ah, you can't do that. He was like, oh well, it's it's great. It's good that you think of this stuff. And I was like, Nick, that's because you've always been a good person. I've spent a lot of my life just trying to not get sued. So, (laughs) at some point, we'll talk about the time I was an accessory to manslaughter. Um, I was brought up for it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I was in the clear. We'll talk about that another time. For now, one more week of spring training. One more week. God. Then, like, five months. Then we'll see you at the parade. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.